0: Welcome back to the Adventures of Plan and Pivot. I'm Plan, Rob, and uh, this is my lovely wife, Kim, who we know as Pivot around these parts. Hi, everybody. Yeah, and so uh, we are going to be picking up this week with episode two. Uh, If you've not heard episode one, which is the first portion of our 2023 February Royal Caribbean cruise uh, and some of the surrounding activities uh, that we took took, uh, advantage of prior to leaving on our cruise, Definitely go check that out, but uh, I will turn it over to Kim and she'll get, let you know exactly what we're going to be talking about in this episode.
1: Yep. Part two, we're just going to pick up where we left off. Um, we're going to talk about our excursions. So we did mention in, in part one that we were not able to do the Cocoa Beach Club because we weren't, the boat was not able to dock at Coco Key, the private island for Royal Caribbean, so we did go ahead and book an excursion when we reached the port of St. Kitts and Nevis. And we did a, a historical tour and rum tasting. This was about $54 a person. It was a two and a half hour long trip. And the description was drink in the history of St. Kitts along with some Caribbean rum on an educational tour of landmarks. Uh, After a scenic drive through Old Bassettier, uh, you taste six flavors of Caribbean rum on the grounds of the Fairfield Great House and Botanical Garden. It's a restored West Indian plantation that was built in 1701. And we learned about the rum legacy left by the Irish and its impact on the lives of the Caribbean people. So Rob, what'd you think of this excursion?
0: I thought it was a pretty well-done excursion. It was uh, a little bit interesting. We had uh, hopped on the, the vehicle that transports you out to the plantation, and our driver was kind enough to give us uh, some of the history of uh, of downtown Bastair. Uh But one of the strange little things that occurred was uh, it was a little disjointed, I think, the way that they had put the, the tour together. Uh, it seemed a little bit chaotic uh, as everyone was kind of lining up for their individual tours. And it looks like uh, based on how things worked out, we had missed a couple of people that were going to be on the tour. So he got a call from someone at the port uh, that we had a couple of people who'd shown up for the tour that did not make it on the bus. So we went back and uh, picked them up and headed out to uh, the plantation. And so we did get some uh, some information about things on the way. Uh, but overall I mean it was really informative I thought it was interesting to kind of get a little bit of an insight into the backstory uh, of what the sugar plantations were like and then kind of how they transferred over to uh, the rum industry and tourism Um, and and we had some interesting rum samples as well.
1: Yeah I thought it was really interesting they said that they had um, for years had been bringing in refugees from other areas to work the sugar plantations and this was their source of revenue, main source of revenue for the longest time. And then probably just a few years before the pandemic hit, they had decided that they were going to close down those those sugar mills and they were going to focus solely on tourism. Um, and what a perfect time for them to have done that. Yeah, so right. uh, that must have been, yeah, it must have been something else during that time, but really, really interesting. I felt that even though the tour of the city was very short, I felt like I kind of got the gist of of what was going on. It did remind me a lot of other Caribbean islands. Sure. We've been we've been to the Dominican Republic. It reminded me a lot of that. Um, but yeah, the uh, the historical house was really beautiful. A lot of history, uh, you know, a lot about the the lifestyle of of obviously people who were a little bit more privileged <laughs> during that period of time. Um, But yeah, it was just beautiful grounds. They said they did weddings and things like that and and specialty events. Um, Rum tasting was really interesting. I got a chance to sample. I loved all of them. I thought they were great. Mm -hmm. Um, Didn't care for the rum cake. It was a little
0: dry. (laughs) Yeah, it was a little dry.
1: But otherwise, this was really just a fun excursion. Again, like I said, it wasn't particularly expensive. Gave us a little taste, you know, 54 bucks a person. Gave us a little taste of the island, so to speak, and I just thought it was a fun way to spend a few hours without, you know, really giving up an entire day of, of on-ship activities, which is really nice to have. I mean, we talked about how the pool area, we're pool people, it was really crowded. The pool decks were very crowded during the afternoon, so this was really a chance, whenever we were in port, a chance to have a little bit of the ship to ourselves, you know, so, so we really enjoyed that, but um, yeah, that was a good time. We're gonna talk about other entertainment and activities that we took part uh on the ship. So yeah, so we decided to go ahead and to do bingo. And most games apparently they play several games and in, in these what they call sessions. Um but this this one was very strange. This one it was one game uh cover all mm-hmm. and it was it came out to be forty dollars a piece uh for for Rob and I. Um, and then they gave you like $20 in Scratchers that you could kind of do ahead of time. So I think we won $5 in the Scratchers. But it was a, I guess, winner take all. One game of bingo for 1500 So, But yeah, some lucky person. I thought it was really fun. But again, I would have really enjoyed it if we had played multiple games for right. maybe smaller, you know, for, for smaller winning amounts and, and everything. But uh, I thought that was a lot of fun. Um, we did the shows. We did many of the shows. We did the comedy. Right. We did the comedy routine. We did the, the adult comedy at night. No children yep. allowed in there. Yep. We did the uh, aqua theater show, the diving show. Yeah, it
0: was called Intense Maximum Performance.
1: Yep. And we did the effective. Doors. This is the the stage show in the theater.
0: Right, Effectors 2, Crash and Burn. So in the, uh, there was, a I can't remember which ship the original Effectors was on, but this was, it's not really a Broadway show, I guess, in the sense that you'd think of with Hairspray or Grease or some of the shows they have on the other ships. Um, there's definitely some, some singing involved, uh, but it's kind of more like a comic book superhero show with some singing and with, uh, I thought it was a really entertaining storyline. Mm-hmm
1: yeah yeah effectors was my favorite I did it really we we really enjoyed the comedy show um but yeah, I don't know what it would be like for family friendly comedy, but yeah we really really enjoyed this um make your reservations right because otherwise there were people like standby waiting to get in, but we've got we got perfect seats we had we had time to get a couple of drinks before um effectors absolutely loved it was my favorite um the Diving show, I did not care for at all. Yeah, the We intense. talked about that, and I didn't mention it early, but we did see the ice, the ice skating show, which I thought was better than the diving show. Yeah, but you know, down at the bottom of my my favorites.
0: Yeah, you weren't much of an ice skating fan, so
1: no, it no, it's what it is. Yeah, but yeah, it's it's very popular. Ice skating, figure skating is very popular with people. I understand that, but no, I did. I thought it was a beautiful show. I thought they did a really nice job the The issue with the Aqua Theater show for me was um, they had touted this as a all female cast, um, and I thought they did some spectacular dives. However, it just all the costumes were very dark; they were all dressed exactly alike. Mm-hmm. And I felt like there was just a lot of stomping around in the water yeah and then there'd be some spectacular dives, but there was just it was very one note to me yep. and I, I think it actually would have benefited for uh, from more costumes, more changes, more but it was just it, it just seemed very
0: very monotone, very one note. Yeah, it was a lot of repetition. Um, Definitely a lot of stomping around in the water. Uh, There was a lot of kind of repetitive elements to the show. They did do some cool skill type stuff. There was a slack line over the pools, a couple of slack lines actually, and two of the girls were uh, you know, doing some really cool acrobatics on those slack lines. There was a a tightrope walker that was up above the seats and the stage who uh, did some incredible tightrope walking uh, and acrobatics up there as well, and of course, like Kim said, the diving was really cool to see. I mean, some of these dives were off of higher platforms. I know, Kim, you said you liked the ones off the uh, the springboards that were yeah, lower. Yeah, I
1: thought the springboard diving was really impressive. I think that just got my attention a little bit more and yeah, I mean, I, I think it would have the show would have benefited actually from having some guys in it. <laughs> and, and just like I said, help break up some of the monotony. Um, I would have, I, you know, one of the things that I love about shows, I am a girl. One of the things I love about shows is beautiful costumes and costume changes and things like that. And unfortunately, this was just very it, it felt like a very masculine show that was done by just women.
0: Yeah. And, and,
1: yep. Yeah. It, it just unfortunately it just didn't appeal to me. Um, the contrary to that would really be that effectser show. I mean, the amazing costume changes, the storytelling, um, it was just that the singing that, you know, the dancing that was involved. I just was really impressed with that show. So overall, I thought I was, I was impressed with that, with the entertainment overall. I really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to having a chance to see, you know, something more along the lines of a, of a Broadway type show. Yeah. Um, And maybe, you know, experiencing some of the other types of entertainment, but yeah, overall, very, very impressed. First cruise Mm -hmm. entertainment feeling, I I thought it was a big thumbs up.
0: Yeah, yep, absolutely. Uh, We definitely had a lot of different variety uh, that we could could kind of uh, go for depending on what kind of mood we were in uh you know obviously we talked about the casino on the last uh, show we talked about the bingo there were trivia nights we didn't take advantage of on this particular cruise uh obviously if you're into the pool games how many pieces of fruit can you stuff into your into your bathing suit they have that <laughs> stuff uh you know sexy legs whatever yeah, yeah uh all kinds of stuff up on the pool deck so you know depending on what you're in the mood for uh or if you're just in the mood for sports you know they have the the sports court and the flow rider and all kinds of things to do.
1: Right, right. They've got the abyss. They've got the water slides. They've got the dry slide. They've they've the zip line. Yep. Right. I mean, it was just, there's an endless amount of entertainment, whether you're a couple or single or a family, there's, there's no short of entertainment, but, uh, so overall, I mean, our cruise was amazing. Um, we definitely, I guess we were voting with our dollars again, and that's that we have already booked
0: far less of our dollars. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Yeah. Which we explained in part one, but yeah, we've, we've booked another cruise. We will be going in September. So, uh, yeah, but we're really excited about that. But we're going to talk a little bit about our debarkation experience. Sure. So, Rob, how easy or how difficult was it
0: to get off the ship? Yeah, well, before we actually get into debarkation, I think we should talk a little bit about the elevators because you found that to be a very funny component of cruising.
1: Okay, yeah, this is something that I did not know was a thing. Um, But uh, so up until the pandemic, I worked about 16 years in a state office building downtown. And uh, elevators were part of an everyday thing. I did not know that you could get on a cruise ship and all of a sudden it becomes an issue when you're dealing with people who don't know anything about elevator etiquette, <laughs> children, um, lots of scooters and, you know, assistive devices and things. But, uh, and then when you're dealing with a husband who can't get on an elevator and not say something to somebody.
0: Well, I don't know about that part. But, uh, you know, I know you got your opinion uh, with regard to how friendly I am on an elevator. But, uh, you know, there were uh, about 7,500 roughly uh, was the capacity for – for. Uh, guests on this particular cruise ship and then there's another like 3,500 I think uh, that are employees of the cruise line but there were 24 uh, good size elevators spread across the ship you know about half of them uh, at the fore and half of the aft of the ship and boy you know it it was probably (laughs) a bigger issue on embarkation and debarkation days and certainly if you were trying to use elevators uh, you know around the main dining times but Uh, It was just, uh, I I differ from Kim a little bit with regard to uh, people who don't know elevator etiquette. I just think there were a lot of people who didn't care. So, uh, you know, we we had plenty of uh, interesting experiences with the elevators. Uh, People, you know, throwing themselves in front of you to get in elevators. Uh, People volunteering themselves and their family of five to get in an elevator that maybe had room for one. Uh, So it was very interesting. I know Kim had Talked about uh, yesterday. We were talking about it, and she was talking about scooters making eighteen point turns to get out. Right, right. Uh, so there was a lot of. Uh, we did actually have one time where we went to get in an elevator, and there was the the roaming piano. Right. <laughs> was in the elevator. So, uh, you know, if you are not familiar with uh, with cruising and you're considering doing it, uh, you know, as a possible vacation, just be prepared that you're going to have some interesting experiences on the cruise ship elevators.
1: Right, and how you chose to to deal with it was to just be the comedian on the elevator. You know, and inevitably, you'd be packed into an elevator. And of course, somebody on another floor doesn't know that the doors swing open and you just, you see that everybody, that it's just wall to wall. There's no room. And these, and there are people that are just hell bent. They're going to get on that. That's my, I'm getting on this elevator. Oh my gosh, something else. But uh, yeah, we we chose to, to just have a lot of fun with it. But it got to the point where you know if you've ever seen the the progressive insurance commercials with Dr. Rick on uh, how how to uh, like not become your parents right. right new homeowners becoming their parents and there is a commercial with regard to the guy on the elevator I think his name is Tom he can't he can't say he can't not you know be overly friendly <laughs> with people on an elevator. And that, that's basically Rob. Rob is just, is that guy. And it was just hilarious. And it finally, at one point I said, we're going to get on the elevator and you're not allowed to say anything to anybody. And so we get on the elevator and the lady says something directly to you, mm-hmm. directly to you. Right. And you said, I'm sorry, I can't say anything. My wife will let me talk on the <laughs> elevator anymore. So, yeah, the elevator drama was something else. I I would have taken the stairs more, but uh, you and stairs aren't on friendly terms. (laughs) (laughs) You haven't been on friendly terms with stairs for a long time. Oh, boy. Yeah. So we had to deal with the elevators, but Rob's Rob's solution for that was to just become Shecky Rob on on the elevators and just keep everybody amused.
0: Surprising uh, nobody that knows me.
1: (laughs) No, not at all. But so debarkation.
0: Yeah. um, We had signed up for a later debarkation time. We didn't have a flight to catch. We didn't have, uh, you know, anywhere that we had to be. Uh, And I wanted to leave those earlier debarkation times for people who had flights to catch, etc. And from what I understand, I mean, again, this was our first experience with Royal Caribbean. Uh, They kind of do things that way anyway where they will uh, make sure that people with flights to catch will get those earlier debarkation times. I think our debarkation was between 9 and 9.30, somewhere in that range. So we had gotten our bags packed the night before, put them out in the hallway. Uh, so our our carry-on luggage was going to be waiting for us after we got off the ship. And we got out of the cabin um, probably about Eight fifteen, I mm-hmm. want to say, went up to Windjammer, had some some lovely breakfast. We're listening for our group to be called, and at about nine, when we hadn't been called, uh, or you know heard really any announcements, uh, we went down there, and they were like, "Oh, yeah, you've already been called." <laughs> so we got off the ship. I mean, it was a bit of a a bit of a zombie shuffle off the ship. Uh, there was you know a pretty large group of people still debarking. Uh, but finding our luggage, I mean, it was right in the zone where it was supposed to be piece of cake, finding our luggage. We were out, uh, you know, to the car within 10 minutes after that, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and out of the cruise terminal and on our way. So it was incredibly smooth, uh, going through that debarkation process, and uh, just super impressed. Both embarkation and debarkation for Royal Caribbean uh, were just as smooth as they could possibly be.
1: Yeah, and I think zombie shuffle is basically the perfect description because, of course, nobody's happy when their vacation <laughs> is over. So it was a lot of lumbering. But again, it was it was a steady it was a steady stream off. We, we never stopped. We just nope. kept going. Uh, yeah. So I thought it was again very impressed. No, not a lot of waiting. You know, just. Bam, 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 and we were done. So that was great. Yeah. So what did we do when we got off the ship? Did we make a beeline to the the airport? No, we went to Kissimmee to check into an Airbnb because we were planning on sticking around uh, the Orlando area for another couple of days. And so, again, we checked into an Airbnb. Rob, how did you find this particular place that we stayed?
0: Uh, again, I was just kind of looking for a place that we could stay. We had, a, we had a couple of nights still left on our trip, just based on the fact that we were flying on a companion ticket. Um uh, one of the things that we had planned uh, before we even left on vacation, you know, Kim had been talking about how much she missed Epcot. So I had made a reservation for Monday for us to do Epcot, which was our, our last full day. Uh, and, you know, we got off the ship on Sunday. So we we had an afternoon open there, too. And I I had talked to Kim, uh, gosh, I guess it was probably the a day or two before we debarked. Uh, or you know disembark the ship um, where we had that whole afternoon open and it had been such a relaxing vacation at that point and the weather was looking so nice for Orlando that I said would you how would you feel about going over to Volcano Bay and enjoying a water park for a day because we really hadn't gotten a lot of pool time on the ship. And, uh, you know, she thought about it for all of what, 10 minutes, (laughs) barely, Uh, we decided to go that route. So, uh, you know, it worked out great. We were able to check in, uh, to our place. Um, and then, you know, we, we had the water park that entire Sunday. Um, but you know, it was just about having a comfortable place that we could, that we could uh, get settled in for a couple of nights. They had a jacuzzi in the bathroom um, that I thought Kim may enjoy. Uh, so, you know, that's the, the reason we went that route. It was cheaper than any of the hotel options uh, kind of down in the area we wanted to be. And it just looked like it would be a, a good place to lay low for a couple of days.
1: Yeah, do you remember the name of this complex? It was basically an apartment complex, and then the Airbnb was one of the. It was one a, units, like a one-bedroom yeah. apartment.
0: I, I don't remember the the name of the complex off the top of my head, um, but you know, it was it was perfectly serviceable for our knees. It was uh, a little a little more beat up than some of the pictures uh, online had led us led us to believe. So that was included in my review of the place. Um, you know, the the bathroom uh, looked really good in the pictures wasn't really, uh, that great in, in reality. Uh, again, that also went into the review. Um, and, and probably in hindsight, given the fact that you didn't even end up using the jacuzzi tub, I, I probably would have opted for a hotel, uh, instead of, uh, an Airbnb stay. But again, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't anything that was terrible. The beds were great. Um, <laughs> the, the couch in the living room area was comfortable. Uh, we got a chance to finish up a couple of shows we were watching and it was a, just, again, it was a place to sleep more than anything.
1: Yeah, I didn't care for the fact that I don't think there was an elevator there, so hauling up our big suitcases wasn't a lot of fun. I didn't care for the area or the apartment complex. Um, it felt like, the with regard to the bathroom, it felt like they did some really cheap self sort of upgrades of, of a, putting in a jacuzzi tub, which sounds great until you actually saw this thing. Um, they put in a fancy shower, which uh, was really not very functional, and then the rest of the bathroom, there's no counter space. It was just really laid out poorly. Um, but it looked like they, they installed some stuff basically on their own to try to get those pictures so they could put it out to Airbnb. But um, yeah, I, I overall, I thought it was very dated. I didn't understand why they would have... They, it looks like they went to Walmart and picked out a few Mickey-themed appliance, small appliances, put them on the counter. But... I, I'm not going to make a Belgian waffle. What I really wanted was coffee. And the Mickey coffee maker they had required those pods that you typically get that, that the hotel, a hotel would provide. They provided no coffee.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I just, I, I, I didn't care for that. I think my overall opinion... And what I told you was no more Airbnbs. (laughs) Yeah, it
0: was, it was the Palms Resort. I was able to look it up, uh, is, is the place that we stayed. And again, it was, it was probably, uh, an exit, um, just south, uh, an exit or two just south of the exit for Disney Springs off of I-4. So it was very close uh, in proximity to the things that we wanted to do. But again, uh, the things that were presented as really being um, perks to staying there, Uh, as Kim said, like the shower. I I didn't need a jacuzzi tub, I just needed a, a good shower. And the shower was either scalding or freezing, and it would alternate kind of while you were in there. So just because something has nice-looking amenities, um, and this place had a ton of five-star reviews, too, uh, which kind of makes me a little leery of that. Because, you know, the, the couches, there were so many stains on everything. It was... It was not a five-star accommodation. Uh, so again, just if you're going to do Airbnb or Verbo or any of those services, uh, you know, take, take into consideration uh, whether that's going to ruin your trip or not. It would have been a much bigger deal if we were staying here for a week. Uh, the fact that it was a couple of nights, it was, again, it was, it was priced cheaply enough where it was fine. Right, uh, but I certainly wouldn't go out of my way to go back there.
1: Yeah, and the nice thing, like I told you, is that it it was spacious. We had a lot of room. I needed to kind of lay out my my big suitcase and my bags, and you know things that I had bought as far as. Uh, souvenirs and, and and gifts for our kids, and just needed to get everything packed up accordingly for for flight for a flight home. So it gave me plenty of space to kind of lay everything out and get organized uh, before I headed back. But um, yeah, so the the reason we were staying there, as you had you alluded to, was that we decided that we were going to get off the ship and we were going to make a beeline to Volcano Bay. We yeah. had seen, like you said, that it was uh, 86 degrees in mm-hmm. Orlando that day. Uh, beautiful blue sky, sunny, and uh, uh, it wasn't, it's definitely not what they were dealing with back here in Michigan. No. So we, we ran over there. So, Rob, how was your day at Volcano Bay?
0: I have yet to have a bad day at Volcano Bay. Uh, definitely my favorite water park in the Orlando area that I've been to. I know, uh, you know, Discovery Cove. Um, I've not been to Aquatica. Uh, I've heard things about both. Um, some things that make me want to try them, some that don't. Uh, but overall, I mean, Volcano Bay. It is just such a chill vibe. Um, we've had the advantage of walking over there, staying at uh, Cabana B- Bay Beach Resort, Cabana Bay Beach Resort, mm-hmm. uh, and it's just it's just the perfect layout. You don't need a cabana. You don't need private seating. The day we went there, it was actually very lightly trafficked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know, we did the we did the wave pool. We did the Fearless River. Uh, didn't even bother doing really any of the the water attractions, mm-hmm. uh, any of the slides per se, but it was just so nice to just uh, soak up some sun, enjoy the water, and just have a utterly relaxing day at a water park.
1: Yeah, and like you said, it was exactly what we were missing from the overcrowded pool decks on, on the uh, ship was we love to just sit there in front of the volcano, the wave pool, spend the day out there, have a couple of drinks, walk around. Um, it was just gorgeous. We love this. And I think what you were talking about, too, was um, we both have been to Blizzard Beach mm-hmm. and Typhoon Lagoon. Um, I've We both have been several times. I have been there a lot because this was a staple... On vacations um, with my sons, they both loved water parks, and so both these parks were often part of our week-long trip. Um, I still love these parks. I love the theming of the parks. I think that it's so. I think it's one of the places where Disney is still doing theming really, really well. It sounds like they're planning on starting to do a little bit of updates. I think they see what's what Universal has been doing. They're looking over their shoulder. They see what what has happened at Volcano Bay and and how amazing that place is. And I think I think we're going to see some some big changes probably in the next five to ten years with regard to those parks. But I love Typhoon Lagoon and and Blizzard Beach. So, but uh, yeah, Volcano Bay in recent years has become our go to for water parks. But uh, yeah, what a beautiful day! How wonderful! It wasn't very crowded last time we went. It was insanely crowded. Yeah. June, right? It right. would have been June we went. But, uh, yeah, so we did Volcano Bay, again, went back to our Airbnb, uh, you know, had a nice evening. Mm -hmm. We relaxed the next day. So we decided, like Rob said, we were going to wrap up the Festival of the Arts at Epcot. This was their last day. This would have been February 20th. This Mm -hmm. was President's Day. Yep. Monday, yep, President's Day. And uh, so we got a chance to uh, ride Guardians of the Galaxy. This would be Cosmic Rewind. And uh, Rob, you want to talk a little bit about how that happened?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was a very exciting day. It started off incredibly exciting because I nearly gave Kim a stroke. Uh, I had woken up uh, just before 7 a.m. to make sure that I could put us in for the boarding groups uh, for the morning session and was lucky enough to to get one right away. Uh, we ended up in, I think it was boarding group 28 and. I haven't been to Disney in a couple of years and apparently I was so relaxed on this vacation that all of my vast knowledge of how Disney and uh, especially boarding groups worked for uh, Rise of the Resistance when we were doing them for that uh, apparently went right out one of my ears because the estimated time that it told me that we would be returning to be part of that boarding group would be around 1130 a.m. So, uh, you know, I had gotten the boarding group. I went back to sleep, set an alarm for, I think it was nine or nine thirty. um, You know, so I could get up and and have time to leisurely get ready and we'd get out the door and I woke up. Kim had just woken up uh, a few minutes before me and I picked up my phone and checked and our boarding group had been called. (laughs) So we had uh, one hour to uh, get cleaned up, get ready, get over to the park and get over to Guardians before our window had closed. Uh, and I went out, Kim had just made herself a nice cup of coffee. And no, had, I had or, made you a tea. tea. Sorry. I
1: mean, I, I had a, I had a, you couldn't make coffee. Yeah. I, I had a stowed away a tea bag yeah. in my purse. And so since I wasn't able to make coffee at the Airbnb, I decided I was going to sit down and have a, a, a cup of tea and I just got wah, it, wah, just sat wah. down. And then Rob comes bursting out of the bedroom door.
0: <laughs> we gotta go. <laughs> so anyway uh yeah again pay attention to what they tell you is your expected return time but also know that uh you know especially for these attractions in the front of epcot uh you know if it's a 9 a.m um, start time for the park uh they're going to be letting people in probably about eight thirty, and those boarding groups are going to progress thusly and you know by nine o'clock uh you're probably going to be a good 20, 20 25 boarding groups in um but we were able to successfully get over there. Um, we had our hustle on Mm -hmm. and, uh, we weren't in the queue for very long. I mean, there was more of a wait, uh, I guess, for a, a boarding group type experience than I would have expected. Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't anything extreme. We got a chance to see the queue, and uh, before we knew it, we were on the attraction. And man, was it everything I had heard uh, and and more. It's just incredible. I cannot recommend it enough. I totally understand that that you know it gives some people some motion sickness issues. And uh, again, if you've not if you're not familiar with it or have not been on it, uh, there's a backwards launch. So that's super unique about it. It's kind of like rock and roller coaster going backwards. And uh, then when you're inside the show building, the cars on this roller coaster will rotate uh, to keep you in line with certain aspects of the the show that's playing out on the walls around you. So uh, if you are prone to motion sickness, be aware of that. But uh, I I didn't have any issues with it personally.
1: Yeah, this was a great ride. I was really impressed. I kind of had gone with some minimal expectations, but um, yeah, I thought this this was everything and more. This was something that was apparently worth the wait, which mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're definitely playing long waiting games with regard to Disney attractions opening up. Still didn't surpass Hagrid's for me yeah. over at Universal, but I thought this was an amazing coaster. I would totally do this again. And so after we got a chance to ride that, I would have loved to have done it a couple more times, right. but uh, after we got a chance to do that, we decided we were going to hang around and, and check out some of the Festival of the Arts. We, we checked out some of the art booths. And we tried some of the food, mm-hmm. right? Yep. So the old standby sushi donut was right. there, had to have that. But um, I think one of the the ones that you really liked is you really like the uh, food at the Mexico Pavilion.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, I had seen a number of reviews about the food at the Mexico Pavilion. It was uh, it was definitely getting some good, good word of mouth out there. I had tried a couple of the items um, off that menu, oh. and uh, and it was it was great. It was uh, just what I needed. Small bites and um, very tasty. So the two items that I had tried uh, were the carne asada, which was uh, chipotle-marinated beef sirloin with sweet potato puree and crispy fried onions, and then the harach uh, de championes. Yeah. I think is how it's pronounced, which is a bunch of things that I have trouble uh, basically pronouncing, uh, but it was delicious as well. So I would have given the carne asada B minus. It was a little bit chewy. It wasn't quite as tender as I was uh, hoping it was going to be. Uh, but the haracha, the haracha de campeones, uh, I gave an A minus. It was uh, it was delicious and, and uh, totally worth getting.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, some of my favorites uh, over at the refreshment port. You can always get a poutine, and they had something called a gnocchi poutine, and I really really enjoyed that. Um, so yeah, we had some food we really enjoyed. It felt like the festival, it's been a lot of years, but it really felt like the festival was coming back to its original glory. I believe we were there at the inaugural. That would have been- We were, yeah. A hundred years ago. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, I really felt like that, you know, the art booths and the entertainment and that it was really coming back and we were more than happy to- to bit of fond farewell to the uh lagoon what were those things the the barges yeah for yeah
0: yeah for for the uh, lagoon show that replaced uh illuminations and uh again we had seen it we've reviewed that over on hoopty duo disney review show uh definitely not a favorite of ours and and the eyesore of having those show elements out in the in the lagoon uh was just not a good look for Epcot.
1: Yeah, World World Showcase is so beautiful, and when they put those out there, we were not fans of it. But clearly, we were not the only ones that were not fans. It completely ruined the aesthetic of World Showcase, and so we're we're thrilled to hear that there's going to be a change in that, and they're going to do away with and retire those barges. So um, now, if we can just get rid of the black walls and get some of those attractions open up, mm-hmm. I think. Epcot is going to return back to the status of it, it being my favorite Disney park, and, and that can happen soon enough for me. And I'm sure once these happen, we will certainly be spending much more time in in the parks once a lot of this construction has, has taken place.
0: Yeah, for sure, uh, especially considering the the length of time it's taking them to get a lot of the construction done. Uh, the four-year timeline for us moving down there should align with that perfectly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We're coming up on about a three-year time frame yeah, here. Yeah, it's
0: getting closer and closer. Sure.
1: Yeah, very exciting. But anyway, guys, that's the end of part two of episode two. Um, Our next, we have a trip coming up here in about five weeks. Mm -hmm. We are going to be heading back to California, but we will be heading to central California. This time we're going to be heading off to Thunder Valley Casino Resort. This is about 35 miles north of Sacramento. Uh, because uh, we need to go celebrate my mother's 80th birthday.
0: Yeah, and this is going to be uh, a definitely a much preferable way to do that. Um, you know, Modesto, we had been down to a few times. Uh, kind of decided that uh, that we weren't going to be going back to Modesto anytime soon, but we definitely wanted to make sure that we got out there and uh, and paid tribute to Kim's mother uh, <laughs> and her 80th. So we figured uh, one of the things that we could do would be to take one of our interests and one of their interests and uh, get them a room at the casino, have a a couple of days where we could just absolutely uh, give them our full attention uh, some dedicated R&R as well as uh, fun time together and it's going to be pretty cool um, we've got some nice accommodation set up up there, a very comfortable trip out uh, and looking forward to talking about those with you guys when we get back.
1: Yep, so we will be back to talk about that, uh, that will be probably sometime in mid-May
0: Yeah, and I think uh, one of the things I'm going to do kind of in, in the meantime I know that uh, one of the things that I had experienced going on this cruise was I wanted to understand a little bit better how the Club Royale program worked which is the casino program on Royal, Royal Caribbean uh, we did talk about it a little bit in episode one but I wanted to do a little bit more of a detailed rundown of it because I had a hard time finding a really comprehensive run through of how that program works, what the benefits are uh, and just giving people a really solid understanding of, of what the pros and cons are so if you are a person who enjoys spending a little time in the casino on on a cruise ship or uh, maybe you enjoy land-based casinos and don't gamble a lot on your cruise. Uh, you know, just give you an idea of, of what uh, the advantages may be to uh, to gambling on the cruise ship, if that's something you're comfortable with, and, and some of the really cool benefits you can get as a byproduct.
1: Yep, so we'll be talking to you guys after that. Wish us luck.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully you guys have an awesome day. And remember uh, that uh, you can always find our previous episodes over on Hoopty Duo, uh, Disney review show. We're going to be leaving that up, and you can find links to all those episodes on our uh, Twitter feed at Hoopty Duo. Uh, but with that being said, we'll go ahead and wrap it for this week. You guys all have an amazing time. And uh, yeah, so just remember plan for what you can, but pivot to win it.
1: Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>